Hi everyone, this is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast. Whether this is your first time listening or your 20th time, thank you. My prayer is that this podcast will encourage you, whether you are in a mountaintop season or in a valley season. Before we get into today's episode, I did want to ask you just two things. Number one, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it. Share with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with anyone that you think might be encouraged by it. And second, please, if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, as this will definitely just ensure that even more people will get to see it and listen to it. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Don't Mind Me podcast. Hi everyone, this is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast, and today I'm super excited because I have a new friend on here with me. Her name is Rachel, and Rachel is the Chief Communications Officer at Passages. Rachel, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hey everybody, nice to to be on the show. Yes. Well, it's really cool. I love technology because Rachel's actually in Dallas, Texas right now, which is one of my favorite spots. And I'm in South Carolina, so it's really cool that we get to connect um, online today. But, you know, Rachel and I um, are going to get into our topic in just a minute, but really she's going to talk a little bit about Passages. Um, It's a wonderful nonprofit organization. She's also going to touch on the importance of discipleship. But before we do that, Rachel, I'd love for you to go ahead and tell everybody a little bit more about you. Absolutely. So I remember about eight years ago, I was standing on the Mount of Olives looking over Jerusalem and um, I had a camera in my hand and I was there in Israel with this organization called Passages, taking photos and telling stories on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I just remember standing there and just being like, how in the world did I get this awesome opportunity to be doing this. And I come from a little rural town in Ohio. Um, I'm one of seven kids and I grew up on a farm. And so for me to make that leap from like my little rural Ohio to being like capturing stories in Israel, just, I was just amazed by like what the Lord had done in my life. So over the course of of many years, like I grew up on a farm, I actually got a degree in accounting. Um, And you might be thinking, wow, that's a huge jump, like accounting to like nonprofit, like social media work. Yes, it is a huge jump, (laughs) Um, but the Lord just really worked in my heart. So I kind of had this plan for my life of, I am going to be in business. I got my accounting degree and I was like, this is kind of the plan for my life. Um, I also went and got a master's in biblical studies, but for me, that was kind of like, I'm just learning. This is for me. Someday when I'm retired, I'll like teach like Bible studies and stuff with this. It'll be great. Um, But at the time, that's really what I was focused on. Um, But the Lord really just, he kept touching my heart just in different ways, just like slowly drip, drip, drip. Like, are you sure? Like, do you really want to be doing accounting and business for the rest of your life? And for me, um, that kind of like pivotal moment of like, I need to do something else with my life actually came through kind of like a tragic circumstance. I, um, I got a really bad head injury. And so I was just, I was down for the count. Basically, I... I could do nothing for months. And it was during that time that the Lord was just like, I don't want you to pursue this path. I want you to do something different with your life. Mm -hmm. And that's when passages came knocking on my door and I got the opportunity to go on one of their trips to Israel. And um, 
after that, it was just like, it just fit. I started volunteering for the organization. I started working part-time and then um, eventually was hired on full-time to do my current job, which is basically like oversee telling the stories of all the amazing students who go to Israel, encounter the Lord there um, and kind of lead change in their community. So my story has been crazy. So many ups and downs, so many um, adventures and twists and turns that I did not expect. Um, but it's just really evident through the years how the Lord just prepared me slowly. I'm a super stubborn person. So it wasn't going to be an overnight thing that it was like, I'm going to take your whole plan for your life. And all of a sudden you're going to go nonprofit, like um, storytelling from like accounting business. Um, but the Lord was super gracious and patient with me to just slowly lead me in that direction. But it has been just one of the greatest adventures of my life. And I've loved every minute of it. That is so cool. And as you're telling your story, just something that stood out to me was you're talking about um, the head injury that was just really um, devastating to you. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about my story of starting this podcast earlier. And it's really interesting um, how through sometimes the hardest things in our lives that we go through, the Lord uses that to redirect to give us a new vision to give us a new dream for our lives that he's maybe always had in our hearts but we just weren't really listening to that prompting and you know as much as we don't want to go through those hard things um at the end of the day he always is going to use it for his good and for his glory i mean for our good and for his glory mm-hmm. if we take the time to listen and implement maybe what he's trying to show us during that season. So I think that is just beautiful. Um, You know, as much as that was a horrible thing to happen to you, it's really cool to see how the Lord used that to kind of put you where he has now. Yeah, it was, it was a very long and painful experience for me, but I always like looking back, it's like one of those moments where I'm like, the Lord had just been nudging me for so long. And I was just so stubborn. Like I just, I held my plans in my hands with very tight fists and I was, I was not, I was too scared to let go. And I think the Lord, the Lord was like, I have something different for you and you will listen to me. (laughs) And so (laughs) I I always tell people it it was in that season of my life that I was actually praying for compassion. Um, Mm -hmm. It's always been something that I have longed for, but have, in that season of my life, just really struggle with. And I, I said, I had spent months praying that the Lord would help me to see people the way that he sees them um, and the way that he loves them. Mm -hmm. And I always say, I'm like, be careful what you pray for, because I promise you the Lord will answer your prayer, but it might not be (laughs) how you want it to be. And for me, that was that moment of just being like the Lord humbling me and saying, where are you finding your worth? Where are you finding your value? I want you to listen to me. And it was, it was through that experience that he was like, I'm, I'm taking you in a different direction. And it mm-hmm. wasn't like, it wasn't immediate. I think our, our culture today just wants things to be like instant. Like there's a moment and then I immediately turn and everything's different. That mm-hmm. was like, from that moment, it was a course of rebuilding over months and months. Um, but the Lord was, the Lord is gracious and compassionate and slow and patient with us. And so it's, it's easy to say that looking back, it was not easy in the moment, but I think it's so hard in the moment, but I think when we continue to trust the Lord and keep holding on that he has the best for us, like you were saying, he does, he does for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
No, and everything that you just said is, is so, so, so good. I could go back to many of the things that you said, but I think, like I said, it's that endurance. We have to endure through those hard things, and it's very difficult in the moment, um, but it's cool when you can look back years later, months later, you know, however long it takes, and see <laughs> that the Lord was, you know, making a beautiful story out of the entire bad situation that you were in um, at the time. Now, I do want to go ahead and segue into it because I've heard of passages before. I've had a few Amazing. friends with passages, so I'm familiar with you guys a little bit, but still I'm curious to know a little bit more about what you guys do just from someone who I have not been on one of the trips. So I'm very curious to learn more, um, but then I also want to talk about discipleship as well. So if you want to go ahead and start by telling us a little bit more about passages, that'd be great. Absolutely. So we are a nonprofit organization, um, and our vision really is to create a movement of young Christian leaders who are rooted in their biblical faith, who are leading with courage in their communities, and who are building friendships with Israel. And so the mm -hmm. catalyst of that is um, taking students on this transformational experience to Israel. And so um, every student who comes to us through our application, um, they go through a process of first they learn, they go through a learning process of um, figuring out what they're going to see. Um, we have a course where, hey, here's all the sites you're going to see, like dig into scripture, like understand these sites before you're going to see them, learn a little bit about the people and the places that you're going to see. And then we take them and we just immerse them, immerse them into Israel, immerse them into the history, the culture, meeting the people. And um, it is just so challenging and enriching and it's like scary and exciting all at the same time. Um, and really our, our goal with this is, is threefold. We want to be able to root students deeply in their faith by taking them to the context of their faith, helping mm -hmm. them understand like, hey, like Christianity is not just like sprung out of a Western culture, you know, a couple of years ago. It's ancient and deep, and it goes all the way back to the beginning of time. So, like, let's start there and work our way through and understand this redemptive history. Um, so that's, like, one of the things that we we love doing with our students. Um, we also like to take them to Israel because Israel is, like, challenging on a personal note. Like, mm. you immerse yourself into a culture that is not Western. It is so different. You talk to people who are from that region who also have very different perspectives from each other. Mm. And you just start to ask these questions. All these questions start to pop up in your head and you, you ask why. And I think passages gives you this space to not only ask why about your faith, but also ask why about like the culture and the, the world that we live in today. Why mm. is there conflict? What is conflict? Why is it always so complicated? Um, all these different things. So it challenges them, but then also, Passages give students the opportunity to come home and to apply what they've learned, like in their communities. And so we have different mm -hmm. leadership opportunities to lead on their campus, to lead in their community, to invite their friends into this conversation. So those, mm -hmm. that's that's uh, like a synopsis of kind of like who we are and what our heart is around the next generation. Um, we really believe in the next generation, um, and we know that like they are going to do amazing things, and the best thing that we can do for them is to really give them that really deep faith foundation and the ability to just ask questions and be curious about the world. 
Um, and so that's, that's a long and short of like kind of a little bit about our heart. Well, I have a couple of questions because, you know, uh, one thing that I'm curious about is what really makes your trips different from other trips to Israel? You know what I'm saying? Cause people could technically get on a plane and, and go to Israel. I think most of the time people are thinking, I definitely want to have a tour or something yeah. because we don't know the area very well, but you know, cause it's interesting that your niche is really the student population. So I'm curious to understand what really makes your trips. Do they have, you know, do they really do like a deep study? I think you kind of touched on this before they go. How does that all work? Absolutely. So. One of the reasons we were founded is exactly one of the things that you mentioned is that back when Passages was started, they kind of, we like, our founders kind of looked around and they're like, why are the only people going to Israel like 60 and 70 years old? <laughs> like if it's such a rooting like element for your faith, then mm. what if we could take students when they're 18, 19, 20 um, years old and actually help them to like understand where their faith comes from? And then they can carry that through their lives to everything else that they do. So. First of all, one of the unique things that they do is you're going with students in a program built around helping you understand for your age, like the world and the Bible. And then you're also experiencing it with other people your age who are mm -hmm. asking questions and challenging you. And you're kind of all in this space where um, you can ask the same questions and be kind of in the same moment, um, which is which is really awesome. Um, and then kind of the second part of what makes this unique is um, a lot of people who, um, and I'll, I'll give myself an example. The first time that I went to Israel, I was actually studying for my master's and I got to go and travel and I was studying ancient history and geography. And so mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in, um, in archeological digs, um, on mountains, overlooking regions, um, understanding like, where was Jesus? Where were all these old Testament things happen? And for me, that was incredible. Cause it gave me a really good, rich context for history. Um, but then a couple of years later, I got the opportunity to actually go for the first time with passages. And not only did they show me biblical Israel, they actually introduced me to the people who live there today. So I got to hear um, from Palestinians and yeah. Arabs and Muslim, Arab Israelis and Muslims and um, Jewish people and Christians. And I got to actually hear like, what are you experiencing now? What is your life like here? Mm -hmm. Tell me about who you are. And I think really hearing all that, understanding some of that history, meeting the people who live there, it not only like, not only did I get some deeply like rooted understanding, but it also gave me some context for like, how does my faith apply to today? Like mm -hmm. introduce me to people who are living today because our faith is not only ancient, it also applies to every single moment in our lives today. And so mm -hmm. we really do try to immerse them in modern Israel. And one of my favorite things that we do is we take the students on Shabbat, which in Israel is Friday night, and mm -hmm. uh, we take them to the Western Wall at sunset. So they get to experience um, the Jewish people and how they welcome in Shabbat as the sun is setting. And so there's dancing and there's celebration because Shabbat is a moment of celebration for the Jewish people. But then they also get to go and have celebrate Shabbat in the home of a Jewish family. Um, and that moment is really, it's really special because there's a, so much history in that. Like if you read back in the old Testament, like there's so many like things that correlate directly to 
their observance of Shabbat in the way that they observe it. And mm -hmm. we kind of celebrate as Christians our own Shabbat on Sundays, but the Jewish people take it much more seriously than we do. I think our idea of like resting as God calls us to on the seventh day is like, maybe I'll go to church, maybe I'll watch online. And then the rest of the day, I just kind of do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. um, but their, their version is very much focused around family and around mm -hmm. tradition and around scripture. And they really truly take that time to remember. Like, mm -hmm. and the Jewish people believe in remembering. They have all these feasts around remembering. And so Shabbat is like this weekly practice of remembering um, what the Lord has done for them. Um, mm -hmm. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. So it's a really cool way of being like, Good. what is this practice like what is this like and then as a believer um how does this tradition still relate to my faith and my practice because our faith comes out of um come out of that so there's a lot of different correlations but it's really just this like you kind of combine the history of the scripture and of israel itself with the modern people and you mm -hmm. can't separate them they're tied together so closely because the people of of the Middle East hold that history very tightly. So mm. that's those are a couple of the things that make um, our program really unique. As you can tell, I really love it. I'm super passionate about it. I'm glad that you are. <laughs> I could talk all day about it because there's just so many things that I think we mm. as Western Christians miss um, about our faith because we assume mm. that our faith is Western. Um, and when you look back at like kind of the history of the Old Testament, you just understand it so much better when you understand the context in which it was written. And so even meeting people in the Middle East today helps you understand some of that context because some of them still hold to a lot of those traditions um, handed down over hundreds and thousands of years from their forefathers. So it's a really mm -hmm. unique experience and it really gives you that, that context for faith and for even just modern times. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I had another question for you. I know we want to talk about discipleship, but maybe you can share a story. Absolutely. Discipleship and this, but I mean, are there any stories, you know, you've been a part of the team for a while now. You were telling me that you love being able to tell people stories that don't have <laughs> truths. Is there any story that really has stood out to you over the years that you would be able to share right now with us about, you know, a student that really just was deeply impacted by this trip? Absolutely. So there, there are many. Um, specifically right now, I can think of a couple. And these also are part of our kind of like our, the reason we value discipleship is because mm -hmm. you can't go to Israel and come back unchanged. Um, right. So these two stories kind of bridge both that story and that discipleship piece. But um, the first story I want to tell is um, of my friend, Danielle. And um, Danielle um, went to Israel several years ago. I had the opportunity to be in Israel with her. Um, but she's a nurse and Danielle is an amazing nurse. Um, she works in the ER and just does a fantastic job doing that. But I remember standing with her um, and we were looking at um, Jerusalem, kind of at the overlook on the Mount of Olives. And I remember her looking at me and just saying, Rachel, like, I have such a burden in my heart for the people of the Middle East. And I know that the Lord is calling me to do something more than just what I'm doing now. Um, and I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like. But when I get home, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep looking until I find it. And I remember her telling me later, she's like, like when I got home, there was an email in my inbox um, from a program that she had been looking into that actually um, takes uh, medical personnel 
and it sends them to areas of the world that have medical emergencies. And they're like, hey, we really need medical staff. Um, we need their help right now. Would you be willing to, you know, go here for three months for this emergency and then go back home? And so um, Danielle, over the course of the next several years, she volunteered for this organization and they sent her all over the world um, meeting needs. And one of them, and I think this specifically applies because it's it was so close to her heart to meet the needs of the, of the people in the Middle East. But this was at the time when ISIS was really, um, it was really prevalent in Iraq. They were taking mm -hmm. over. It had a ma massive stronghold. And it was actually when there was a, the U.S. troops were fighting in Mosul with ISIS. And um, they actually sent her to work in a tent hospital right outside of Mosul um, as the rockets were flying over her tent. Um, and I remember her, her being there and just, she was praying and lived through a lot of, and treated a lot of people in that trauma. But I was like, what a better person to do that than someone who, um, has such a heart and such love for these people and has such skilled hands to be able to treat the wounds that they're facing out of war. And so over the years, she has been to several different places um, doing that. But that that was kind of triggered in her heart from being in Israel and saying, I know that the Lord is calling me to something more. Um, mm. What does that look like for me? How can I use my skills that the Lord has given me in, uh, my, in the medical field um, to kind of reach out and do more? So she is such a tough person. Like, she mm -hmm. is an incredible human being who just loves the Lord deeply and is using her skills for him. But I think kind of the beginning of that journey for her of wanting to do more really started in Israel. And that's that's kind of what we see. Israel often acts as like this, this catalyst for faith where it takes you somewhere, it challenges you, it kind of shakes you up out of your norm. It, and it says like, okay, what do I, what do I really want to do with my life? What is the Lord calling me to do? And how can I challenge myself to step outside of my comfort zone? and and just do something do something different um mm -hmm. another story that i have is um someone very dear to my heart as well um, but i remember her being in israel and she was um we we take every um group to yad vashem which is the holocaust museum in in um, jerusalem and um they learn a little bit about like what happens when propaganda uh, takes over, you know, and it, it leads to atrocities and to many terrible things. Um, but she really took that to heart. And she said, what are, what are the um, injustices and atrocities in my day? And how can I make a difference um, in my, in my world, like in my country for this? And so she was like, really had a heart for fighting for the vulnerable. And so she actually, the way that the Lord called her to that was um, by actually um, going into politics and she's now an elected official and she mm -hmm. fights for what she believes on that stage. And so it's just so amazing to see like everyone's application is so different, but it's so unique and it's so deep. And I think that's what's so, um, so beautiful about the body of Christ is that the Lord has gifted us each so differently and he calls us each to our own own field. But Israel really is this place where we all can meet and dig deep into our faith and encourage each other and be challenged, um, not in one specific way, but in like the way that we are most gifted. Um, and so each person kind of comes back with their own moment where they're like, I was so challenged by this moment um, and I, I have to do something for it. Um, so those are, those are just a couple of literally thousands of stories mm -hmm. of ways that students have been challenged in Israel and have come back and have said, I won't ever be the same and I can't ever look at the world the same way. Mm, I I love that. It's 
I've been wanting to go to Israel for a long time, and it's just putting it back up in my, <laughs> it's just really making me want to go even more now. But I do, I mean, we've touched on this all throughout. I mean, it sounds like these trips um, and what you guys do really make a huge impact on people. But one thing that I want to ask you about was when it comes to discipleship, you know, why do you think that discipleship is such an important thing for young people? So, I think one of the biggest things that has actually changed and is changing this kind of next generation is this experience that they lived through of COVID. Mm. And I think um, this is obviously a specific use case, but it's it's true for, for um, young people in general today. But um, COVID really kind of showed how isolated um, that youth feel today and how lonely they feel mm-hmm. um, where they, they live through they specifically in this generation of college students that we're seeing, like they lived in a pivotal moment in their life through this shutdown where they were isolated. And um, I think we've all kind of seen the effects of that when it comes to um, people feeling lonely, isolated, mental health has declined significantly, um, a rise in um, suicide amongst young people as well. And I think it just shows kind of this bigger, this bigger need in culture for community and for really as the body of Christ, for us to step up and say, you are not alone. And there is a place for you to come and be welcome and to ask the questions that you have and to move into mm-hmm. life and faith in community, not afraid of being able to challenge the status quo and ask questions because something we've done a lot of studies on Gen Z and something that we found out about them is that yes, they are the most lonely and isolated generation so far but they're also like super skeptical. They like do not really believe institutions. They will always research and dig into everything. And I think as the church, we need to do a better job of allowing them to come in and to ask their questions, not to be afraid of their doubts, not to be afraid of their skepticism, because if we don't answer their questions and give them a place to have community in that, they're gonna find it somewhere else. They're going to the internet, they're going to other places. And those places, as we know, like as believers, they don't lead to life and freedom. And so I think um, for me, I'm really passionate about opening up a space for them to feel like they are are welcome to ask their hard questions. And um, I think that's really what discipleship is about. Um, and so when I think about it, I, I um. I help with high school students actually at my local church. And so high school students quickly become college students. And so you learn Mm. a lot about them. But I think something that I have learned specifically about about college slash high school students is that it's really not that hard to disciple them. They're really just looking for someone who is curious about their life, like who's going to come to them and be like, tell me about you. What do you like? What do you dislike? What do you do? What do you not like to do? What have you been thinking about lately? Who really just asks them questions about their life. Um, and then also is willing to be vulnerable with them themselves. I think a lot of times um, they see adults, but adults are not willing to admit their weaknesses as well and say, hey, I'm really struggling with anxiety as well. Or I went through something very similar in my life recently. Um, and then also like they need you to be consistent. Like they need you to show that like you're going to care and you're going to show up and you're just going to be there. Even if they push you away, you're just going to say, okay, that's fine. I'm here. If you want to text me, I'm here. If you want to call me. Um, but I think, I think that's really like modern day, what discipleship looks like 
It's not mm-hmm. complicated, but it is messy. And you got to be willing to dive into some of that and be willing to kind of just live in some of that, like awkward with them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like being in high school and in like early college is an awkward phase of life. Like it is. you're trying to figure out who you are, which is why you have so many questions. You're trying to figure out what you believe and why you believe it. And so really passages, and this is why I love the work that we do. Like we try to provide space for them to do that. Like come as you are, ask your questions, ask your whys. Um, this is a place for you to like discover those questions and ask those questions, like in the place where this actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and so hopefully like Israel helps them answer some of that skeptical nature that they live with because it's like, it's real, like it's dirty, it's gritty, it's it's messy, Mm -hmm. like all of it. And I think that really resonates with them when they can see that, like, you know, when I read through the gospels, like Jesus was a real person and like he walked on this earth and he also got tired and sweaty and, um, lived through difficult experiences and faced a lot of challenges um, and also dealt with like people around him who asked him dumb questions. (laughs) I read about the disciples all the time and I'm like, you know what? Actually, if I were in their place, I probably would have asked the same question. (laughs) I was just thinking that earlier. I thought the disciples, Jesus really did a good job of showing us what it looks like to disciple others. Because if you think about the disciples, we're always asking him questions and he gave them the space and the opportunity to do that. Yes, exactly. And that's actually still, that's actually a rabbinic tradition in the Jewish faith where like, if you ask a rabbi a question, he will ask you a question in return. So you actually Mm -hmm. see that pattern with Jesus. When like the Pharisees come and ask him a question, he asks them a question back almost Mm -hmm. always. And that's actually just like a pattern that still lives today, like in their tradition and in their teaching. And so I think that's actually something we can learn from too, where it's like, if someone asks you a question be like, well, that's a really good question. How do you think about it? Like, what's our, what are your thoughts? Like, what about this aspect of it? And I think when you begin to ask questions back and forth, you really start to get to the root in the heart of like, why are they asking this question to begin with? And mm-hmm. I think that Israel and, and is just an awesome place and catalyst to start them down that path of like asking their questions. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And I, I would, you know, I think that one thing I've t- definitely recognized is, um, my friends who have experienced the power of discipleship now i have but it's looked different than most people Mm -hmm. i think i was discipled more by family friends and and things like that than i was in more of a formal sense but my friends who have had more of those formal discipleship relationships it's really incredible to see the impact that those relationships have had on them long term Mm -hmm. and i would have to agree it sounds like you know having an opportunity to go to israel especially with other people your age they're on the same page you're able to ask those questions right you're together they're kind of all in the same boat they might have different backgrounds might have different Mm -hmm. um experiences spiritually but being able to go and see it, you know, this is not just a Bible story. You're actually walking the same streets that Jesus and his disciples walked. That really is a beautiful experience. And I think you're experiencing kind of the um, discipling in a brand new way. So I think that that's amazing. I do want to ask you before we go, Rachel, can you share with me your favorite verse? I ask everybody that. Now, I know it's always hard to choose one, but one, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I do. You're right. It's very hard. I have many favorites. I think in this season of my life, there's a couple of verses from 
Matthew chapter 11 that have really um, just been resonating with me very deeply. And I think these are like very, very common verses, but I think for this, for this moment in my life, it's just been really, um, really comforting. Um, I think, especially since COVID, like the world sometimes has felt really heavy. Like there's yeah. just been this, this sense of like heaviness. And um, when I read these verses, I'm always reminded that like, this is Jesus's heart for us. So it's Matthew chapter 11, um, 28 through 30. And it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest and take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I, I think that those who have known and lived with Jesus, like this becomes more true and more true for us every year as we, as we see things in life happen. It's just like Jesus is there to share those burdens with us and his heart for us is, is gentle. And that mm -hmm. is just such a beautiful thing to me. Oh, I love that. I love that, Rachel. That's one of my favorite verses as well. I was thinking about that this weekend, um, just with some different things going on. I was feeling slightly overwhelmed. I just thought of that verse. And I love that you shared that again with us today. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure getting to meet you. I have a, a new friend and I'm just really excited about what you guys are doing as well. Absolutely. It's been so fun to chat with you. I could talk all day about this. I love it. I love the students. And if you're a student listening and you're interested, check us out. Passagesisrael.org. Check it out. Come on a trip with us. I'd love to meet you. I wish I had done it as a student now. So <laughs> I please do it, guys. Please do it. Maybe I can come on a trip a little bit later in life. But <laughs> absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much.